0: Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is June 15th, 2018. And my guest on the show is Arne Peter Blix and Hagne Titelstad of FriendUp.com. Cloud. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Arne is the CEO of, Friend of Dark Cloud, and his uh, background includes a number of prior projects. And Hagne is the COO. So we have the CEO and the COO joining us on the program. Arne has uh, proven Experience in multi-industrial, multicultural industries, and we're happy to have him on the show. And Arne, we had you on the podcast a couple months ago, and for podcast number four. And since then, we've recorded uh, approximately eleven more podcasts, and so we're very happy to have you guys back on to see what has changed and see news and updates that have happened since the last time we had you on the show. From what I understand, you guys recently reached your pre-sale hard cap, so congratulations on that. Why don't you tell me a little bit of details on when that happened and how the pre-sale went?
1: Yeah, sure. This is Arnie here. We um, opened the pre-sale all the way back in January. And at that time, we didn't know we were doing so in a falling market. We learned a lot during uh, the crypto winter February, March, uh, up until um, April, come Easter, roughly, the slow was stagnating, and we decided to postpone. That, in retrospect, is a very good decision, because we had um, time to take in and take on board all of the great feedback we got from the various participants, fans, advisors, etc., and. Um, Based on that, we um, changed the um, token generating event ICO structure, lowered the soft cap, put in a couple of tiers and opened the window now for a long period of time so people can actually see our progress as they contribute. We also had a good chance to revise and improve our white paper to explain much better what we've done, how we've done it, what it is. And uh, it's a much better document, a much better platform to work from now. And we also did a lot of uh, adjustments on the technical side, Hong, I mean, maybe you want to explain.
2: Yeah, so um, we worked a lot on uh, building our platform to a usable state. And one of the most important things for us, besides um, core server functionality and those type of things, is applications. Also, we needed to develop uh, some new technology that could prototype the friend network, uh, which we're doing in the ICO. And so we spent a lot of time on that with our excellent team. So where we are today, we have a full office suite integrated in the Friend platform. We have a Photoshop application. It's called Photopia, which is integrated. And now we also have the prototype of the Friend network. Also, we've used a lot of time building technology that allows us to scale. And so we're testing uh, all the paths to get to the goal once we have the funding through the ICO so that we can get started right away. This project is is really all about reducing technical risk and uh, this is one of the things that makes this project unique in the the blockchain space is that we've uh, reduced the technical risk before starting on the Friend Network project so that we can get right to taking the tasks in the roadmap and executing on them. And where we are today, everybody can see how far we've come by going to our Go server on go.friendup.cloud and testing it out for themselves.
0: Yeah, I'm currently taking a look at the uh, Go server that you mentioned, uh, go.friendup.cloud. So explain to me what I'm looking at here. So users can get to this by going to the uh, friendup.cloud homepage, and then from there clicking on try, the try button. And this will open up a new window where you can then try the interface, uh, the web client. So first of all, I got to say, it's really nice to use. It's very smooth and uh, responsive. So there's like a very low latency. So what is happening here in the background? What exactly is going on with this uh, web client?
2: So uh, today it's all about progressive web apps. And you have frameworks for this at Google. So... Uh, What it's all about is to reduce the impact of your network on the experience of using a web application. And that means that the application is essentially running locally on your machine after you having downloaded it through a web address. And uh, so what you're seeing is the user facing side of our operating environment running in your browser. And the only times it has to connect to the network is when it needs to push or receive, uh, or, or receive data. And so what you're seeing here is actually half of the operating system operating on your computer. And uh, that opens up all the potential uh, possibilities that you find in any operating system like Chrome OS only that you can access it anytime and on any device where you have a browser.
0: And what is the tech stack that you guys are using for this?
2: Well, we started out already in 2014 building our own web server. So it started out with thinking about using a LAMP setup, which is usually what's found in most web bureaus and among web developers, which is essentially the programming language, the web server, which is usually Apache or Nginx and a database. And we saw that we would have to connect too many different technologies to deliver a friend experience. So we decided to build our own web server uh, and build the the server part of the operating system into that server. And essentially what that is, is we built in C a really fast server that can adhere to the 5G spec that the, the telecom companies are working on now. And it is super fast on, on executing queries. So if you're loading a document, you can go down all the way down to two millisecond response times on three different protocols that we need for our security model. We use both normal web requests and we use uh, ultra fast web sockets. but we're also using the technology that is used in Hangouts uh, for video chat. And we're pushing data through that, and that way we also get peer-to-peer networking between the different users, so that they can collaborate without a middleman.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. So, talk about where this fits in in the context of your project as a whole. So, is this this is the core product that you guys are building, and what else is in part of the FriendUp networks ecosystem?
2: So, uh, at the moment, you're looking at the desktop environment of Friend. We also have an Android app and pretty soon our iOS app will also be available. That means that you're going to have your cloud computer, which is what you're accessing when you have your own user account on the friend platform. Then you're going to have, uh, you're going to have access to that everywhere you are. And you're just going to tap an icon on your phone and then you're inside your environment. In there, you're going to have your email. You're going to have your contacts, your files and even your Windows applications will run in this environment. And uh, that way, wherever you are, by using Friend, you can always keep working and keep playing and keep collaborating with your contacts. Next phase, a couple of weeks out, we're also gonna introduce FriendChat into the Go server. Obviously, everybody gets access to the beta version of that uh, when they get their own account. And then they can do uh, a new level of collaboration between other users and even users who don't know what friend is because uh, the system allows to communicate outside of the ecosystem kind of to pull people in but mostly for for users to allow them to stay in touch with everybody
1: exactly so back to the original question where we um, are with the pre-sale we um, then came back out uh, around early May and announced the um, revised timeline and the changes, and then the pre-sale started accelerating, and it filled just uh, last night, actually. On the 14th of June, we sold out 3,334 Ether. And then we started our public sale this morning at 900 CET on the 15th. And the public sale
0: lasts 189 days, which is a, a pretty long time. So there's a, a
1: relative to some other maybe projects that just do like a, a week or two. I think you, sorry for interrupting, I think you have to shorten that a bit. It's uh, That's 100 too far. It's uh, 88 days left. It's going to last until the 20, well, no, 88 days can't be. It's, it's lasting no, until it's the
2: uh, th- Yeah, I think this is where you talk about the tears. So the, the entire ICO lasts for multiple months, but there are four tiers in the ICO, which makes it more convenient for the people who collaborate and contribute to the to the ICO. So the, the window stays
1: open until either max cap is reached or at the very last end, the 21st of December this year. But the uh, first tier is 10,000 Ether. That's the soft cap, 10,000 Ether. Second tier is 25,000 Ether, third tier is 50,000 Ether, and the fourth tier, which is the hard cap, is 75,000 Ether. So these budgets for all of those four scenarios are covered in our white paper. And um, we are, of course, very keen to get the hard cap, but the most important part is to get the soft cap and make sure we, we we can start the project.
0: So you guys have an impressive list of partners and uh, other companies that you're working with. So there's uh, uh, Omise Go, Golem, and then you're going to be leveraging a number of other technologies. And you know the gentleman from Status, Owen Barnes, is that his name? Yes. yes. Yeah, he's also on your team. Uh, so you have some high-profile names that you guys are associated with, and uh, you know people with a lot of experience in the space. Can you speak to what value these partnerships will be bringing to the product and how they will in- improve the uh, chances of success of the company and what, th- what they will bring overall uh, to your roadmap.
2: So I'll let uh, Arna take the, the partners that will contribute to, to making the friend store really work uh, financially and um, with the, the sales and the, the um exchange type functionality that's inside the system. But uh, when it comes to Golem, first of all, they are doing great collaborations and working on on the the processing side, decentralized processing. They start out with Blender and they've even uh, supported the Blender project. You'll find them on blender.org as one of the, the key partners of that project. Of course, Blender is revolutionizing revolutionizing um, rendering and um, 3D modeling, and they have uh, 6 million downloads. It's a massive project, but they're stuck to operating systems and offline use, even though the rendering happens online. So what we're doing for Blender is allowing it to be also accessed in the cloud next to all the rendering. So that means you can go online on a web address, render and model and tune your projects in a desktop environment that you have access to everywhere. But our collaboration with Golem uh, goes much further than that. In our uh, friend system, users can set up their own processing course that they can also use for other things than just rendering. And uh, Blender is working as one project, but other use scenarios is is uh, you could think about almost anything using... Processing as a commodity on a cloud environment opens up a lot of possibilities for both users and developers. Now, Owen, he comes in on the user interface side of things. And he has a lot of experience as a user interface developer. He helped us take our previous interface into a more professional level. And he's gotten a lot of positive feedback in his networks and also helped us in how we are going to do testing towards people who have no idea what Friend is in the first place. So that means going to people, random people on the street, just showing them the product and asking them to do a thing and not giving them any help and then taking all that feedback and, and, and improving our system. But also it he helps us with uh, new collaborations with other projects that fits with our technology. As he has a really deep understanding of software, he knows exactly where we fit in. And so you're going to see a lot of cool projects coming on that side as well. And then finally, we have Fluence. And Fluence, they're building a decentralized database. And Friend uh, doesn't require you to use Fluence. The point is that every developer who uses Friend will be able to connect to a Fluence database for all their data needs, even storing big files or just storing user records. And when users install a friend application that's using Fluence as a database backend, then they're also tapping into their technology. So for them, we're a a big, massive distribution channel for applications using their technology, but also we're very easy to use and um, easy-to-access development environment uh, desktop for building applications based on decentralized databases.
1: Yeah,
0: that sounds interesting. I'm not familiar with Fluence. So tell us a little bit about how projects, other companies in the space, would be able to leverage Fluence for their own projects. And let's say a use case for an end user or a company that wants to set up Uh, a cloud server and a uh, remote uh, desktop application. Can you take us through how that would work, like from the company's perspective who wants to, let's say, build an application using these technologies and incorporate that into their own uh, project?
2: Well, so uh, Fluence is creating an encrypted decentralized database Uh, that can also manage big files. So you can imagine something like IPFS with a database, kind of really high level uh, explanation. So when you're a developer, you get an account against the database that you then can use to to essentially deploy your application on their decentralized uh, network. And then when users install software that's using their database, they get their account on the decentralized network. And so if you're using AWS today, or you're using Google Cloud, or any type of virtual server, then of course you have to have all kinds of, you have to accept all kinds of license agreements, there's payments, there's a relationship with a cloud company that provides your database, The aim for uh, all decentralized technologies like Friend and like Fluence is to create an autonomous grid of services where people can tap into that. They pay the uh, users who drive the infrastructure, just like Ethereum, in tokens, and then they get access to their functionality in the decentralized grid so it, it's it's more about not necessarily having a relationship with any specific provider but just using functionality and services that are available on the internet grid Fluence is one of the providers of databases there will be more and they will compete on convenience and feature set and also of course how happy people are with the, the um, how that database is working for them so And that's actually one of the most amazing things that's happened with blockchain is that you're starting now to see technologies emerge that are that have a name, but they don't have a company because they aim to become uh, pieces of the Internet itself, providing deep uh, functionality uh, as part of the Internet itself
0: does this tie into the friend store so this is where these uh, companies would be able to list their products or their applications so that users of the friend up platform could interact with their their with their respective applications
1: yes this is this is where we with the friend network and the friend store are providing a, a framework for uh, for people to use right and um, that means we we done an MOU with the Omisa Go to explore how we can utilize their technology and projects complementary to us for token token exchange and exchange in general, so that the users in the friend store and the both on the developer side and the business side and on the on the on the customer side, if you like, can have a most an available and fluid user experience where the developers and businesses using the Friend Store and Friend Network can deploy, and they can choose from a range of different, a library of different business models and uh, design their own business model and then easily set up interaction with the other ERC tokens and exchanges. And at the same time, deploy them to uh, and attach them to the user experience and the application service, whatever they are building and and distributing through the friend network and the friend store. And then, of course, for the um, customer, the end user, to have the most possible fluid one-click-buy type user interaction using the friend network token as the um, means of exchange on the friend network and the friend store. But this will then be able to financially speak with any other token and uh, currency. That is the grand vision of this, and uh, it's our job to make sure that we don't miss a go. And other partners that we bring in, also on the financial technology side, this uh, becomes attractive and uh, easy to use, easy to deploy, with the aim of becoming a AWS infrastructure as a service type store and network which is owned by the users and governed by the users. So it's, the uh, Friend Network will eventually, not in
0: the immediate future, but part of the roadmap is to move it, as you mentioned, to a uh, self-governed uh, DAO, a, a De- Distributed Autonomous Organization, where users, and I was recently speaking to the, the team from Aragon. Uh, they reached out to us to, to use their uh, DAO framework to manage our organization. And they seem to be developing a user interface so that anyone can launch DAOs easily and quickly and then manage them through voting. Have you guys, are you familiar with their product and have you thought about using them or do you have some other plans in mind for how to manage the DAO interface?
2: So Owen is uh, advising us because he also is uh, close with Aragorn. And um, so we're thinking about perhaps doing some type of collaboration when it comes to the friend store. So this is what some of the things that, that will be available in the friend store over time is that if you develop, let's say a library, let's say we develop a library, and this is, uh, I'll, I'll get back to your specific question just in a, in a couple of seconds. We've been thinking about adding in support for library developers to automatically receive tokens when people sell software that uses those libraries kind of linking functionality together in the friend network in a way that everybody can get um, paid for their bit of the functionality taking different packages and weighting them so that you have like a pie chart where five percent of this application is a library and when i buy this application i also buy uh, i also pay these five percent back to the developers so there, there are all these things that will be uh, possible in the friend store. And we're also thinking about people who want to do an ICO can present their project in the friend store uh, before it is uh, completed, kind of like a mini ICO. And then people can pre-buy it directly in the store and that way uh, take part in funding new projects. Uh, Almost like a kind of pre-sale, right, uh, of of applications and build that in. And to be able to do that, we need partners who are working on technologies that makes this possible. When it comes to to managing your DAO, that's definitely something that you will be doing. uh, Because when you're an application developer, you may have perhaps three or four DAOs running at the same time, depending on how many projects you're a part of. And so it makes sense to have access to all of that in the same place. All the contacts, access to the smart contracts, access to interactions with the other people in the team and also the token owners. So we're really uh, trying to to make the store and then, of course, the entire friend environment become a a collaborative place where you can work in a decentralized fashion with decentralized um, autonomous organizations.
1: We're also TESOs and Argon, possibly the two projects that have uh, come the furthest or put l- the most amount of resources into thinking about uh, how to transition to become a DAO. Now, for us, we are definitely looking at um, incentives for proposals, incentives for voting, and uh, thereby using the friend token to slowly in. Transition from centralized to decentralized governance towards real distributed governance. So it's it's really all about incentives and all about how we structure that. So in the white paper we've um, explained we are intending to have a grace period from end block until we of 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 circa 18 months um, shorter if we can and certainly if um, Aragon and others have more or less standardized methodology for doing this already we will, we will look at best practices and and see how there's no point in, in reinventing the wheel here the point is just for us to make sure we are comfortable with uh, making sure that the mission and vision we have explained in the friend white paper comes to fruition with um, reliable and uh, future-proof uh, governance model using the friend token. So a lot of exciting times ahead for us to to, uh, dive into that. We are already, as you can hear, having a lot of thoughts about this at this stage, but uh, right now the focus is to reach the soft cap of 10,000 Ether and um, uh, then the next focus will be to reach the different tiers up to the hard cap and at the same time start the project. We will start a project immediately when we reach the soft cap.
0: And how many uh, so now that you've finished the pre-sale, you can start ramping up development and employees. So how many people are currently on your team and what are you planning to expand to in, in the in the coming months?
1: Yeah, we have um it's always a good question how many are on your team. I think that's the question all projects get. And um for a friend, the answer is ten on fixed employment at the moment. But we have a wide range and have always had the wide range of uh, consultants that have been working with us in um, various capacities, maybe alongside having other jobs and maybe on full-time, partly on full-time, etc. Um, so we have a long list of names of people we intend to include into the projects more and more on a full-time basis. In addition, we have a lot of resources that we have in our network that we will subscribe to as consultants, as or suppliers of any sort. So it all depends on uh, what we get and when we get the uh, soft cap and uh, the acceleration of the funding, if it seems to stagnate or if it really seems to accelerate to the hard cap. And um, right now, what I'm getting input from other people we are working with. We have some great advisors on the financial side. We have a long list of people we're going to meet from the institutional capital. And uh, they are very optimistic that we will reach the hard cap way before the um, end block. So probably possibly already as fast as during third quarter. So um, things are looking very optimistic at this time. We still we have to focus, and we are looking at different talents, studying different talents, and preparing for how to retain them as soon as we have the funding in place. So, when anyone listening to this podcast, they should um, if, if they feel friend is sounds great, and they have talents on UX design or commercial sales, or when you see the project and you feel in your that this is something you really want to work with, you should contact Hong and or me. And uh, we're definitely on the outlook for great talents in, yeah, I would say all kinds of different talents. And um, it's all about the attitude and if you really are passionate about the project, and then we will definitely want to talk to you and see if we can employ you in any meaningful way.
2: And I also have to say that um, at the moment we're building, like, like I say in other interviews, When I started thinking about creating Friend, the reason why I actually started doing the project was that I realized that making an operating system, as it were, is just like making a really, really big program. And so you you start designing how, how you want it to behave and you start building it from the bottom. And then you add competent developers to help you out in different areas where they're more specialized. But of course, what we're doing with the Friend Network project is, is uh, a totally different scale than what we're doing now. One of the challenges uh, that we're going to solve is how do you make a system that is scaling up faster as more nodes are connected to the network instead of becoming slower? And so it's really all about thinking on a massive scale compared to having a server with 50 or 100 or 200 employees thinking about a grid that can support millions of people. And so we're going to be hunting down people who have both experience but also the ambition to enable us to deliver desktop environment full stack with services, storage, applications that are delivered from thousands and Tens of thousands of computers networked together on the Internet. And that's really, if you look at our roadmap and you look at our vision, you can imagine all the the eureka moments that's going to be happening along the the, the following uh, months ahead in the future. Where developers are going to be solving things that few people have ever solved. um, But also, few people have had the opportunity to join such a massive thing. And so I think um, uh, we're going to attract a lot of people who have special qualities, but, of course, big ambitions. And it's also about managing that and making sure that they also are productive. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So since you launched the uh, Go server, have you collected any user feedback from people who tried it out and said, you know, this is what I really like about it, but I wish it had this? Yeah, What have you received from them?
2: Well, I think the the biggest on the negative side is there are stuff on here that doesn't work. And so what we've done now is that we cleaned out all the super alpha quality functionality and removed that because there's so much that works perfectly that we just present what works. And, And to be honest, it's not really that much that people are asking from a system like Friend. They want their email, they want office applications and collaborations, and they wanna easily be able to store their files and share that with their friends. And so that's what we're focusing on. Also on the positive side, people have um, told us that they never seen a desktop environment that works in a browser or indeed over the internet that is so fast. The experience of using Friend is like using something that's installed locally on your computer. There's really no other project uh, at the moment that delivers so much functionality in a desktop, in your browser, that has that high performance as Friend has. And that's something we get back from people all the time. Uh, and the thirdly, some people want to use Friend offline on their PC. They want to install it instead of Windows or Linux or whatever they're using. And that's also on our roadmap. So I I could add number four. A lot of feedback we're getting is we're doing this at the right time. And you can see that all the people that traditionally made operating systems and so on are looking more towards the infrastructure of things. They're looking more towards the user experience of, of having a digital life. And they're not so um, prohibitive anymore about what type of interfaces people are using. I mean, for one thing, if this would have happened with Friend 10 years ago, we may have been seen as a threat for the likes of Microsoft and so on. But that has totally changed now. And we're probably going to be one of the big marketplaces for Windows applications. And, and the same goes for services all over the place. But we're going to introduce everybody to decentralize technologies, and so I think one thing that a lot of people have been asking us is to add more things that are now currently locked down in silos, even Android applications. Because when people see Friend, they're thinking, "But if you can do this, then you could probably do that, couldn't you?" And so it's, it's kind of this uh, maelstrom pulling people in once they really get it, and uh, I think. All in all, people are just saying, "How fast can you complete this? I want this now."
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Uh, you know we are developing a web application with some decentralized components, not as complicated or as uh, technologically challenging as the scale of your project. I mean, our web application currently has around thirty thousand users, and you know we're growing quickly, and we're adding a lot of new features. And part of the development challenges associated with, adding features is making sure that you don't add technical debt along with that and you know maintaining like a good code base and you know a bug free user experience while still adding new features and testing them and making sure that you know development continues all at a steady rate so people in our community are frequently contacting us and you know giving us a lot of user feedback that we can use to improve their experience but we're still in alpha stage so people expect like a polished you know version 1.0 or 3.0 product and we're still in an early stage where we're you know developing quickly and improving the experience and so having said that it's process software development takes time and there are challenges with speeding it up and so when when users say you know we want everything now and we want to have all of the features that that are going to be in the final project but we don't want to wait for them because you know we we expect the final results immediately that's understandable but it's also a, a time a time it's a long process in order to development to develop good code and a good product that you know isn't going to break and that can be scalable so having said that do you have any comments or strategies that you guys are going to use for your for your project and which you could you know potentially give advice to other projects out there who are listening who they're working on a decentralized application and it's going well but there's also like a time constraint in the sense that you know we want people want the product to, to be ready immediately but they don't necessarily understand that things do take time and having having more money and having more people doesn't necessarily fix that and it's things are just sometimes the software development is a is a time consuming process and you know having more resources to throw at it doesn't necessarily fix the problem so how do you guys approach your development and how do you make sure that it's moving in the most efficient way possible towards your your end goal
2: well, it's a lot about um, uh, something I would call people ecology. Each developer is a very strong personality, and when you find them in a in a chat room or or in front of their uh, computer, that's their home turf. And they may be good at a lot of things, but it's the, at the coding that they're the experts and the specialists. And so it's oftentimes hard uh, as a person managing a development team to tell people that they're wrong or to tell them that they should be doing something they don't agree with. So I think um, it's very important to listen to all your developers and also allow them to change your mind. But at the same time, make it crystal clear that once you have a roadmap and you have a timeline and you have deadlines, that they have to accept the whip, but you have to keep feeding them the carrots as well. It's a balancing game. I'll uh, give you an example. We're doing a big revamp of our uh, friend chat application, which is technically very impressive, has some amazing technology in there, but it's hidden underneath layers of, well, perhaps badly planned user interfaces or just a, new, a user interface that hasn't, ha- uh, hasn't had too much user feedback. Making the decision to completely revamp that user interface led to a lot of discussions. What is a good user interface design and so on? But at the end of the day, it is what people know how to use that decides what a product that is easy to use is all about. Um, So it's about being pragmatical, but to deliver the message in a way that's not too much top down. Um, so, So you have to avoid the long discussions with everybody. You have to remain effective and you need to tell people that you do have the authority to move things forward, but you have to also make sure that people's achievements doesn't get lost on the way. It's very important when you're working on software development that the developers feel that they're achieving and that their ideas remain in the project and are not just thrown by the wayside by some kind of designer who knows nothing about technology.
1: Yeah, I think also I can add a bit from from the business uh, side. Uh, I totally agree with what Honga said. Um, it's a challenge to manage developers, and it's mainly because they're smart people. And um, people having worked in the US, they will know the, that people there are maybe more used to taking an order and just doing what they're told. But uh, um, <laughs> the culture we come from here in Norway, it's uh, much more of a... A qualifying democracy or a meritocracy, if you like. So you need to, and it should be like that. I, I really like that environment. You have to discuss and iterate to find good solutions. Now in Friend, we, in the Friend budgets, if you have a look at the budgets in our white paper, you will see that um, we've actually set aside some of the use of funds for this particular purpose. It's put under the uh, budget uh, complementary technology and suppliers, but particularly complementary technologies that we will then have some resources, uh, both technical people and uh, business savvy people, business developers and uh, analysts uh, and um, people who have experience in advising and helping businesses from a business model and a commercial point of view in order to help various projects that Friend find and uh, to accelerate them and get them onboarded on the Friend Network and the Friend Store, but also on to all of the partners we are working with and basically helping them get onboard into the ecosystem, feel good and pay forward style, which we believe is the ethos of the blockchain realm. So we'll live up to the the friend ethos here of uh, trying to help our friends and uh, we will have the means to do so. That
0: sounds great. Well, guys, I think we covered a lot of important topics. I would love to have you guys back on again. Uh, Thank you. uh, It's always a pleasure speaking with you and thanks for coming on the show and giving us an update on your project. So... My guest on the show today has been uh, Mr. Arne Peter Blix, uh, CEO of FriendUp, and Hagne Teilsted, COO of FriendUp. And thank you for coming on the show today, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon.
1: Thank you very much,
2: Angel. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.